Hi everyone, welcome back to the MedBullet Step 2 and 3 podcast. In today's episode, we cover the topic of nephritic syndrome found under the renal section at MedBullets.com. Let's begin with the clinical snapshot. A 26-year-old man presents with hematuria, periorbital edema, and jaundice. He has a medical history of opioid use disorder with prior hospitalizations for heroin overdose. He is on methadone, but is non-adherent. His blood pressure is 155 over 102. Physical exam is significant for scleral icterus, hepatomegaly, and palpable purpura. Serology shows decreased C3 and C4 levels and elevated anti-hepatitis C antibodies. Urinalysis demonstrates dysmorphic red blood cells and red blood cell casts. This is a case of membranoproliferative clomerulonephritis. Let's continue with an introduction to nephritic syndrome. Clinically, it is defined as a renal disease secondary to an inflammatory process injuring the glomerulus. This results in damage involving the basement membrane, capillary endothelium, and mesangium. In terms of the presentation, symptoms include hypertension, hematuria, oliguria, and headache. And on physical exam, one may note edema, which can be peripheral or periorbital. And in terms of the diagnosis, other studies that may be performed include a complete blood cell count, which may demonstrate anemia. Studies may also demonstrate azotemia. And in terms of complement levels, C3, C4, and CH50 should be obtained. On urinalysis, one may note dysmorphic red blood cells, which suggests hematuria is of glomerular origin. One may also see RBC casts and subnephrotic range proteinuria, which is less than 3.5 grams per day. However, if the nephritic syndrome is severe enough, it can lead to nephrotic range proteinuria, which would be greater than 3.5 grams per day. And also remember that renal biopsy may be necessary to arrive to a definitive diagnosis and to determine prognosis. Now let's discuss the different nephritic syndromes by talking about their pathophysiology, renal biopsy findings, and other diagnostic studies and treatment. For acute post-streptococcal glomerulonephritis, The pathophysiology is glomerulonephritis secondary to nephritogenic strains of streptococcus. This is considered a type 3 hypersensitivity reaction. On renal biopsy, light microscopy may demonstrate glomerular hypercellularity, such as with polymorphonuclear leukocytes. Immunofluorescence may demonstrate diffuse granular pattern on glomerular capillary and mesangium. There will be deposition of IgG, IgM, and C3. And on electron microscopy, one may note electron-dense glomerular subepithelial immune complex deposits, which are called quote-unquote humps. Other studies that may be performed include streptococcus titers and serologies, which are often positive. This may include an ASO level. And there will also be decreased serum C3 levels. This disease is typically self-resolving. Rapidly progressive glomerular nephritis may be due to good pasture syndrome or posse immune processes. For good pasture syndrome, this is a type 2 hypersensitivity. It involves anti-GBM antibodies against the alpha-3 chain of collagen type 4, and there are also antibodies to the alveolar basement membrane, which results in hemoptysis and lung disease. For the posse immune processes, this would involve granulomatosis with polyangiitis or microscopic polyangiitis. On renal biopsy, light microscopy and immunofluorescence may demonstrate crescent-shaped deposition of fibrin, C3B, glomerular parietal cells, monocytes, and macrophages. And as far as other studies go, 
For granulomatosis with polyangiitis, you should check a PR3 ANCA or C ANCA, which is often positive. For microscopic polyangiitis, MPO ANCA or P ANCA is often positive, and the treatment for all of these diseases is corticosteroids and cyclophosphamide. For IgA nephropathy, also known as Berger disease, this involves an IgA immune complex deposition in glomerular mesangial cells that results in its proliferation. Patients present with hematuria and upper respiratory tract or gastrointestinal infection. And on light microscopy, one may note mesangial proliferation, and immunofluorescence may demonstrate IgA immune complex deposition in the mesangium. Treatment for this involves ACE inhibitors or ARBs for proteinuria and hypertension. Alport syndrome involves collagen type 4 mutations that result in an abnormal basement membrane. This is more commonly an X-linked genetic disorder and is characterized by renal involvement, ocular involvement, and sensory neural hearing loss. And on electron microscopy, one may note glomerular basement membrane lamellation. Also remember that there is no curative treatment. Finally, membranoproliferative glomerular nephritis, or MPGN, involves an immune complex or complement protein deposition in the mesangium and subendothelium of the capillaries. This results in proliferation of the mesangium and remodeling of the capillary wall. It may be secondary to hepatitis C virus, hepatitis V virus, or C3 nephritic factor, which would be considered MPGN type 2. But remember that this can also present as a nephrotic syndrome. On light microscopy, one may note mesangial proliferation and thickening of the capillary wall, and immunofluorescence may demonstrate tram track appearance. Other studies will demonstrate a decrease in serum C3 and C4 levels, and also remember to treat the underlying disease in secondary causes, such as control of hepatitis C virus infection. Now that we've discussed the major points relating to nephritic syndrome, let's walk through some questions to apply what we've learned and get a sense of how the topic might be tested. For the first question, consider the following clinical scenario. A 44-year-old man presents to the emergency department with dark urine. He says it started last night and has persisted to this morning. The patient states he is generally healthy and has not seen a doctor in two years. He has a five-pack year smoking history and drinks alcohol on the weekends. He has had a few colds over the past several months, but no major medical issues. The patient states he has lost seven pounds over the past two months as well. He also states he has pain over his back that is episodic and severe and occurs when lifting objects. His temperature is 98.5 degrees Fahrenheit or 36.9 degrees Celsius. Blood pressure is 139 over 80. Pulse is 96 beats per minute. Respirations are 15 breaths per minute. And oxygen saturation is 98% on room air. A urine dipstick is ordered and demonstrates an amber color, positive white blood cells, positive protein, negative glucose, negative ketones, and positive blood. Which of the following is the most likely etiology of this patient's symptoms? And the answer choices are, choice one, bladder cancer, choice two, cystitis, choice three, glomerulonephritis, choice four, nephrolithiasis, or choice five, renal cell carcinoma. The best answer to this question is, choice three, glomerulonephritis. This patient is presenting with dark urine and a urine dipstick demonstrating blood and protein, which is suggestive of glomerulonephritis. Glomerulonephritis occurs when there is injury at the level of the kidney that damages the glomerulus. 
The unique urinary finding is both hematuria and proteinuria with possible red blood cell casts. Potential causes of glomerulonephritis include but are not limited to good pasture syndrome, Alport syndrome, post-streptococcal glomerulonephritis, hemolytic uremic syndrome, Hanak-Shunlein purpura, IgA nephropathy, and lupus nephritis. A history of a preceding respiratory or skin infection, rashes, or illness can hint at the diagnosis of a glomerulonephritis. Treatment involves addressing the underlying cause and can include steroids, antibiotics, and supportive therapy. Let's also discuss why the other choices are incorrect. Choice 1. Bladder cancer would present with painless hematuria without proteinuria and can occur in the setting of smoking or alcohol use. Diagnosis and treatment involves cystoscopy and possible surgical resection and chemotherapy. Choice 2. Cystitis presents with urinary urgency and frequency and would demonstrate red blood cells, white blood cells, bacteria, and nitrites in the urine. Choice 4. Nephrolithiasis would present with colicky flank pain that radiates to the groin with hematuria on urinalysis, hydronephrosis on ultrasonography, and a visible stone on CT imaging. Treatment is pain control as most smaller stones will pass spontaneously. Larger stones or kidney stones with an associated infection typically require stone retrieval or percutaneous nephrostomy tubes. Choice 5. Renal cell carcinoma presents with painless hematuria and would typically occur in an older patient with a more significant history of smoking, alcohol use, and weight loss. Finally, a bullet summary. Glomerulonephritis presents with hematuria, proteinuria, and red blood cell casts. For the second question, consider the following clinical scenario. An eight-year-old boy presents to the emergency department with puffy eyes. The patient's parents notice that his eyes were very puffy this morning, thus prompting his presentation. They state their son has always been very healthy, other than a rash acquired from wrestling treated with a topical antibiotic. His temperature is 98.3 degrees Fahrenheit, or 36.8 degrees Celsius. Blood pressure is 125 over 85. Pulse is 89 beats per minute. Respirations are 18 breaths per minute. And oxygen saturation is 99% on room air. Physical exam is notable for periorbital edema, but is otherwise unremarkable. Urinalysis is notable for red blood cells and an amber urine sample. Which of the following is the most likely etiology of this patient's symptoms? And the answer choices are Choice 1. Autoimmune type 4 collagen destruction. Choice 2. Deposition of circulating immune complexes. Choice 3. IgA-mediated vasculitis. Choice 4. IgE-mediated degranulation. Or choice 5. Increased glomerular permeability to protein only. The best answer to this question is choice 2. Deposition of circulating immune complexes. This pediatric patient is presenting after an empatigo infection as evidenced by a skin infection in a wrestler treated with a topical antibiotic, and he is presenting with hypertension and periorbital edema, which is highly concerning for a post-streptococcal glomerulonephritis, or PSGN, which is caused by deposition of circulating immune complexes. PSGN is the most common cause of nephritis worldwide and typically occurs after a streptococcal infection, including infections such as pharyngitis or dermatologic infections. Patients will present with edema, such as puffy eyes, hands, and feet, hematuria, and hypertension. The classic presentation is periorbital edema and dark-colored urine.
The pathophysiology is related to immune complex deposition in the kidney, secondary to nephritogenic strains of group A streptococcus. The treatment of this condition is supportive in nature and involves sodium and fluid restriction, loop diuretics, and dialysis if renal failure is present. Let's also discuss why the other choices are incorrect. Choice 1. Autoimmune type 4 collagen destruction describes good pasture syndrome, which presents with diffuse pulmonary hemorrhage and glomerulonephritis secondary to antibodies against type 4 collagen found in both the lung and kidney. Linear immunofluorescent staining can be seen in this condition. Choice 3. IgA-mediated vasculitis describes hanox shunline purpura, which occurs after a viral infection with intussusception, renal insufficiency, arthralgias, and palpable purpura. Choice 4. IgE-mediated degranulation is the pathophysiologic mechanism of anaphylaxis, which presents with hypotension, tachycardia, and swelling of the airway and mouth. IgG, IgM, and complement tend to be involved in kidney damage, whereas IgE is associated with parasitic infections and allergic reactions. Choice 5. Increased glomerular permeability to protein only describes minimal change disease, which can present after infection with proteinuria, hypertension, and puffy eyes. This patient's recent skin infection treated with a topical antibiotic suggests a diagnosis of impetigo, as he is a wrestler which makes PSGN a more likely diagnosis, despite this diagnosis being high on the differential. Finally, a bullet summary. Post-streptococcal glomerulonephritis presents with hypertension, dark urine, and periorbital edema after a recent streptococcus infection and is a type 3 hypersensitivity reaction. That's all for this review about nephritic syndrome. We hope that was helpful. This is the MedBullet Step 2 and 3 podcast, a daily audio review session for MedBullets the free learning and collaboration community for medical student education. As a reminder, you can follow along with these podcast episodes by reviewing the topics directly on medbullets.com. You can listen to these episodes on the MedBullets website or phone app while reading through the topic. If the MedBullets podcast has been valuable to you, we'd be thrilled if you considered leaving us a five-star rating and writing us a review on Apple Podcasts. It will help us spread the word and increase our discoverability tremendously. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you all tomorrow, right here, on the MedBullet Step 2 and 3 podcast.